Welcome to Maps and Meta-Analysis, looking at California cities. Hi, I'm Darvish Borhead. And I'm Justin Hirsch, and this is Facts and Polls, a Meta-Analysis. Hey guys, uh, welcome to episode 15 of Facts and Folsom. Uh, this episode is going to be a bit different. We're actually going to be talking about Folsom Maps a bit, um, showing you some of the behind the scenes, kind of skimming through some of the code. I mean, you don't need to be like a programmer by any means to understand this. It's just a way for us to give you kind of a deeper insight into what's going on, what kind of plans we have. And, um, you know, if the code is something that interests you, you know, feel free to get in touch and, and help out in any way. I'm trying to make the project open source, trying to make it as easy as possible to contribute. So, um, yeah, basically, if you want to contribute, just contribute. Um, so the idea here is to make this kind of a recurring series. So maybe every, I, I don't know what the frequency will be, to be honest, but probably be regular. Yeah. Um, yeah, realistically, it'll probably be whenever we have like meaningful updates to share. Um, so, you know, if we like added a certain feature or uh, fixed a certain bug, or maybe like crossed some milestone in terms of like number of users or something like that, I think that would be a cause for, um, I don't know, an episode, you know, kind of talking about some of these things. And realistically, a lot of those things might just get like lumped together. Like it could be the case that we have new features and, you know, bug fixes or something like that. Um, but yeah. So I, I guess I, I can't really put a frequency. I think I would like to do it maybe once a month, maybe once every six weeks at like the latest. I, I feel like that's like an okay cadence just to, you know, have it be fresh in people's minds, but not like too inundating, especially since we have like two city council meetings, you know, per month-ish. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I don't know, Justin, is there anything you want to add to that or? Yeah, um, I'll just say that um, as you can probably tell if you're watching this, um, but not necessarily if you're listening, uh, we'll be doing these in a Zoom format, so that way we can screen share and actually go through the website, show you the code and all of that. So this is definitely going to be where it's more beneficial for people to actually like sit down and watch if they're more interested in seeing that. But if you're someone who just wants to listen, then by all means, just listen to this. Yeah, and I'll try to explain everything um, verbally as best as I can, so that you can kind of uh, at least like imagine something in your head. And also, like a lot of this will eventually get pushed to uh, FolsomMaps.com. Uh, Currently, it's like still in development. I'm also trying to like figure out some issues of getting the code actually pushed out because I thought I actually pushed the updates I'm going to share with you today, uh, but I don't know. It turns out that they didn't make it for whatever reason, and I'm not 100% sure why. So um, I don't know. Such as such as life when you are programming stuff on the web. Um, but uh, yeah, I guess without any further ado, let's uh, let's kind of get into it. So let me share my screen. Uh, cool. So, uh, Justin, can you see my screen? Oh, sorry, it's just like Twitter open, but yeah, I see. Now I see the maps. Yep. Cool. Nice. Uh, so on the basically for the just the audio listeners, uh, I have my I'm sharing my screen. On the left side is the code that I've written. On the right side is my browser uh, with the kind of a development version of Folsom Maps open, uh, and it's done in such a way that I can you know basically change stuff in real time. So. You know, for example, uh, I can change this to uh, test, and then I think this should change. Actually, don't know. Oh, I guess this part shouldn't really change because this is not part of the main code. Uh, I don't know. What you, oh, wait. Uh, let's see. One thing I could change is, for example, uh, the thickness of the line. Where is it? Oh, yeah. So the line width of so. Right now on the map, there's kind of like a um, a border for Folsom. So it kind of goes you know, along Folsom Lake, uh, along Highway 50, and sort of cutting along Sophia Parkway, if you know where that road is. Uh, and it has a line width of two, so I can make it like a line width of 10. 
and then you can see that just the line get a lot thicker. Um, so basically, I, I can edit the map in, in kind of like live format. Um, and the idea here is that, uh, well, I mean, this is just like for development and whatnot. But right now, we have just the border of Folsom's. And weirdly enough, this was actually kind of a Herculean task in and of itself to get this border. So this is actually not the border that I drew. This is like the official one from a website called OpenStreetMaps. So one of the problems that actually we encountered while uh, trying to do this project is we were actually hoping that uh, much like larger cities, that there is uh, publicly available sort of um, like geospatial data available for tons of cities in California and you know hopefully like throughout the country. But it turns out that that's not really the case, or at the very least, maybe there's something on a city level, but there's not really much uh, that's more granular than that. And one thing that you'll notice is actually this map is still out of date even. So uh, what it shows as the border actually ends at uh, Highway 50, when in fact, you know, as like anyone who's been living in Folsom, or even if you've just been like listening to the podcast, um, we talk about what's called like the Folsom plan area or what's south of 50 a lot. So like that, that kind of stuff is already in development. It's, it's not like a proposed thing. It's not like in the pipeline. It's like there's actual houses and businesses and things like that that are being constructed, like new roads, new uh, developments and all that. So I think that land was actually annexed in 2018. So that gives you a sense of how outdated this might be. Yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, even if you gave them like, let's say a leeway of like a one year or something to update or something like that, you know, the fact that it's 2023 and they still don't have that area suggests that there's probably some... Um, room to grow there. Um, I will say that I I am hoping that we can um, like contribute to the kind of open mapping effort. I'm not sure to what extent uh, OpenStreetMaps, the service that where we're getting this data, allows for things like uh, election districts and things like that. Because maybe, you know, something on the level of a city is like, you know, almost like granular enough as far as like a border. And then everything apart from that is sort of just like, uh, that's, you know, whatever, like let the city handle that kind of thing. Um, but regardless, we'll we'll try to make all of the data that we use open. And you know, one kind of important thing to preface here is that uh, we we are not like official map makers for Folsom. Like we just bought the domain FolsomMaps.com. Uh, that doesn't mean we're like uh, sort of sanctioned by the city, or I shouldn't say sanctioned, but like um, we're not representing. Yeah, exactly. We're, yeah, we're we're not like representing the city mm -hmm. in any official capacity. Although, like, eventually we we hope that you know one day that's true. Uh, but you know, if you're if you're trying to use this information to make like some highly critical decision, like I, I would suggest that you not do that and, you know, go like actually talk to the city if it's like something reasonable. You know, for example, like if you're a developer and like a real estate developer and you're wondering if something on the border is like in or out of Folsom, I would definitely not use this map as like <laughs> your guiding um, piece of information. Uh, so yeah, I don't know, that, that's just like a caveat that I want to throw out there because I don't want anyone to be like, misinformed or kind of use this but mm -hmm. you, you know even then I, I still think that some of this stuff can be quite useful well um, i think one of the ethos of this podcast is we're striving to be as accurate as possible and enrich the data that there is so we're going to do everything we can to continue to improve this resource and make it more representative of what is actually on the ground true mm -hmm. um so um like darvesh has said before this is an evolving project um he's already mentioned that we are aware of some more plays that places that it needs to grow. Um, I mean, quite literally here with the Folsom plan area, but um, we have a we have a lot of things planned um, for this. So this is very much a like beginning build. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I don't know, yeah, even technology wise, I, I think it's kind of cool, I guess. Um, so we use Mapbox for the maps itself, 
which, which is kind of interesting. Basically, it's, it's a very like out of the box service where, you know, as I zoom in, I can see more detail. And that's, that's all just like handled by Mapbox in the background, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then we can just kind of overlay all this information on top. And there's even like different views. Um, like here, let me search up uh, Mapbox uh, styles. So let's see, I don't know what kind of, so the streets, there's, uh, we could, let's, let's try dark V11, just for fun. Um, dark V. Yeah. Oh, okay. wow. Definitely. Yeah, so it, it's pretty cool. Like we can actually customize this a lot of ways. We could add like toggles and things like that to toggle between different modes. Uh, we could even do like, for example, like a time of day. So I don't know, maybe, I wonder if there's like a light. Yeah, so oh. there's like a light, and so we could do like light dark, depending on like the time of day or something like that. Um, uh, it's pretty slick. They're also like quite generous with their like API limits in general. So, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. You won't, you won't see the API key in here if that's what you're wondering. But uh, what what is that for the, those of us that may not be as fluent? Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So so basically, when you uh, when you use an API like an application programming interface, especially on the web. Uh, you're basically given kind of a unique a key that's unique to you, and that's a way that the uh, service can track essentially like how much you're call how, how much data you're pulling from that service. So is that linked to your IP? Uh, it's not linked to your IP. It's basically linked to whatever the service is. So I, I think that's why, for example, like you typically don't uh, hard code the mm -hmm. uh, API key in here. So it, it's kind of like a you know cumbersome process. So I'm not going to like go over the details, but essentially it's like sitting on some database somewhere. And then basically you'd like dynamically read it whenever you're loading the page. And then it goes ahead and calls um, the Mapbox API. And the Mapbox API basically says like, hey, okay, you have this, uh, you know, you basically want to render this map, you know, starting at this zoom point at this latitude and longitude. You want it in the style, in this case, the light style. Um, and, you know, of course there's like other styles, there's like satellite, you know, so you can actually kind of see the buildings to some extent. Uh, and yeah, basically the the idea is um, most APIs the way they work is you'll get a certain amount of uh, service for free, so that you can like tinker. You know, in our case, it's kind of just like tinkering uh, and ma making a sort of proof of concept. But if you're like an actual uh, like business, like let's say you're uh, the app uh, Waze, right, and you're trying to do like navigation directions and things like that, so you're going to be making like a ton of API calls. Basically, like anyone time anytime someone opens your app and like tries to uh, get you know, a version of a map or, you know, put in directions or something like that. That's going to be a lot of usage. And so eventually you're going to have to start paying per kind of map that you download in this case. Um, so, but yeah, I don't know. The, the app is secure. There's no, uh, there's no way to, uh, I don't know, get the API key from here. So that's, I, I, I was mainly just saying that in case like people were watching the video and thinking, uh, because getting your API key stolen is like kind of bad because then people could just make requests on your behalf and it's like still build to you, um, and it happens more often than you would think. So, uh, but yeah, anyway, sorry, that was a tangent, but uh, let me put this back to the uh, streets. Let's do V8. No, actually, let's do V11. So what, what's the difference between eight and 11 there? Like, what does that change? Uh, so I, I think this would just be the, uh, basically whatever version that they updated with. So uh, typically, you know, with like maps, uh, new roads could be added. Uh, new um, levels of detail could be added. So, you know, mm -hmm. sometimes things don't become as granular or sometimes like a highway is renamed or something like that. So I think the versions are to some extent a way to keep track of any like 
kind of major changes. Is 11 the most recent? Uh, it seems like it, yeah. So okay. uh, I was kind of on the, um, so this, so usually also like, um, you know, Mapbox will have, Mapbox or any other API provider will have some details on like how to use their API. Oh, okay, so it looks like in some cases, uh, 12 is the latest. So for the light, 11 is the latest, but um, so it's, I don't think there should be a difference between 11 and 12. Oh, interesting. The, the Actually, the foliage looks like way different. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so let's do interesting. Yeah, so it seems like 12 is a bit more granular. Oh, yeah. Like, for example, you can see near the prisons. I think there's much more like topology almost like represented. I can see terrain as well. Yeah, yeah. That, that is very interesting, actually. I wonder what it looks like south of 50. Yeah, it seems like they, let's actually, yeah, I, I'm curious if any part of the map itself is different because maybe 11 didn't have, oh, sorry, it kind of goes back to the same zoom. Um, looking for Prairie City? Uh, no, I was looking for that the state recreation area. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so it seems like this is like roughly the same level of detail, but it seems like there's like a sharp cutoff where the area ends. Mm -hmm. Whereas if I do 12, it seems like the, um, Seems like the recreation area has this kind of like, well, maybe, maybe like a slight gradient between them. And then, oh, especially here, there's kind of this like different shades of green. Which is actually, yeah, that's, that's quite interesting. I wonder if that's due to like better satellite data or, you know, something else. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, I don't know. Any, anything that you personally want to see, Justin? Um, with regards to the current build or like in the future, because we could also talk about what we have planned or some of the ideas we're toying with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why don't you talk about some of the some of the stuff we have planned and and kind of like your what you're looking forward to? Yeah, um, I would say um, this basic stuff you already covered, um, expanding to um, incorporate the Folsom Plain area, um, as well as you kind of alluded to it, but we could even do something where you could see the different districts. So if you live within the city of Folsom, you'll you can identify which district you are by looking at the map. Um, some of the other things we talked about is overlaying um, Folsom Cordova Unified School District. So you can see um, how the school district covers the city and then extends to the west of us. Um, we could talk about um, like different areas of the city. Like if you follow the city council, you'll notice um, that um, underneath the commissions, um, they'll list, oh, like this person represents this area. Um, and oftentimes they're like neighborhoods or groups of neighborhoods. Um, so we can get to the point where you can like actually identify, oh, like Briggs Rants, where's that? Um, mm. And you can see that on the map. Um, we can also do things like um, talk about where the Folsom Lake State Recreation Area is encompassing, um, mm. including potentially roads and um, more than just the waterfront. Um, biking trails would be cool. Um, if there's any like major transit routes, maybe bus routes could be on this. Um, differentiating between the different like residential commercial zones. Um, all those kinds of things. And there's a lot of other ideas that we have on there, but um, I tried to list what I viewed as the most feasible. Um, Darvesh may have a better idea because he's the primary coder here, but um, there's a lot of ideas that we want to incorporate with this. So um, please do reach out if you have other ideas that um, we could potentially make happen or things that you really want to see. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree with all those. Yeah, I think all those things are, are quite feasible. Actually, my one of my sort of... Uh, um, dreams for the transit one is actually just to uh maybe partner with the city and build some sort of like a uh, real-time uh locator for like the buses and things like that and that way if you go to like Folsom maps then you could see like a live view of where each bus is on 
and on which route they're on. That actually that makes me um, have a follow-up question for you. Is there Does this automatically refresh, or do you have to like click refresh for the map to update for that kind of thing? Uh, so I could implement it in such a way that you don't have to refresh it. Okay. Uh, however, I think the I think to start out with, it would be, I, I think there's kind of like three ways you could do it. The one mm -hmm. way you could do it is to manually refresh. The reason that's easier is because essentially every time the page is loaded, you make like a call to a database or something and you just get the latest data from there. And that's kind of like the, the easiest uh, software logic to kind of implement. Mm -hmm. The alternative is to periodically update. So just say like essentially from the time you load the page, every like minute that you're on the page, it'll like just update update the data. Um, so, you know, that way it's like real time enough. Like, you know, real time mm -hmm. within a minute, it should be in theory, like good enough for the level of, of granularity of like a bus. Yeah. Uh, then there's, uh, you can basically, uh, there, there's different types of software where you can actually have like a live feed. Uh, it's usually called something like a, like a webhook. Essentially every time the data changes on like the, uh, kind of database side, or in this case, like the sensor side on the bus, then it'll kind of send that data. And whenever that data is updated, it'll just be like, hey, app, like I've changed, like mm -hmm. update my movement. Um, and so th there's definitely trade-offs with each one. I would say the, the way I described it also goes from what is the easiest to implement and also what is like the most cost-effective to implement. Mm -hmm. Because essentially the, the more real time you have it, the more like, bits of data are going back and forth and the bandwidth is you know probably one of the more expensive things when you're running a sort of like cloud app or uh, like a website of any kind it's usually like the size of the app is like usually not a big deal you know like the size of this map is like not really that big of a deal but if we're updating it constantly that's like a lot of information hmm. especially if you're doing it like like literally you know as the bus is moving kind of thing which yeah. is why like if you've ever um looked at like the data usage for like Uber or Lyft or something like that, it's quite high because even though you're only using it for maybe like, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour of like when you're actually booking and getting in your ride, it's like yeah. constantly having to pull like your location, your driver's location, trying to like reconcile it. Uh, it's, it's also like trying to get like the orientation of the car and whatnot. So mm -hmm. like that's kind of difficult. Um, so yeah, but, but I would say like, yeah, all three are definitely possible with like off the shelf sort of software. Like you don't need to reinvent the wheel by any means. Um, okay. Sorry, um, you were saying about buses. Um, oh yeah, no, yeah, I, I would love to have like a you know, sort of like semi real time map of the buses because I, I think that would be much more interesting, arguably, than you know something like Google Maps where you're like, oh, I want to get from like point A to point B because I think, uh, you know, maybe if transit could be a bit more serendipitous or people could kind of like see the connectivity in front of them and be like, oh, okay, I can go from like here to here eventually. Like you could see the route and you could see like where the buses are, I think. You know that that might get people more interested in using transit because uh, I I think it doesn't have to be a kind of strictly utilitarian thing. It could also just be like a uh, I don't know like a convenience thing or just sort of like a curiosity thing. And you know who knows maybe some people don't want to use it in a utilitarian way. Maybe they know it's slower. Maybe they know like they have a car, uh, but they still just I don't know want to get on it or something like that. Um, I feel like that kind of thing would be free to. Well, okay, I shouldn't say free because like the GPS and the buses would actually like cost some money to build. But you know, nowadays with like Raspberry Pis and these like small, uh, what are called like single board computers, uh, you can actually do that like quite cost effectively. So we, you know, we can make like a kind of MacGyver version 
and then just like show that to the city mm-hmm. and be like, hey, this is our like MacGyver version. So if we can do it, you know, with like not much help, then like, could you guys please implement this? Or just use the MacGyver mm-hmm. version. Like I, I'd be happy to just like make the designs open source. Like I, I would I wouldn't like donate it because that would be like way too many single board computers for me to buy personally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That, that's kind of one of my one of my personal like milestones uh for Pulsar Maps. Okay. Um I guess that kind of made me think of another question. As we continue to update the Folsom maps and incorporate all these new features, um, how do you envision this working aside from just the update videos more synergistically with the other topics that we cover? Like do you view this as like a resource that we could pull from or a way that we can like check data? Yeah, no, that's a good question. I think um yeah, I, I think there are probably ways to make it uh, quite specific. So, mm-hmm. like, for example, you know, one thing we could do is uh, for certain... So certain city council meetings are actually very, very much about, like, geography or, or like, the kind of the... I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess just the geography of Folsom, the where everything is situated, that kind of thing. I, I guess the most recent example that comes to mind is the... Um, the uh, housing for people 55 and older. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of thing would benefit so much from an interactive map where we could, um, for example, take all of the items in the uh, the agenda packet and we could, for example, have like, um, so like in this case, I think that uh, that area is here. Yeah. So uh, if, if you're watching the video, basically we're on, the kind of T intersection of Prison Road and East Natoma Street. And basically there's a huge kerfuffle uh, during city council meeting as to uh, whether or not a developer should be able to build a set of apartment units here. So I think, you know, something that could be very useful is just, uh, you know, having the footprint of the uh, proposed building, you know, translating that from the schematics that the architect had to, you know, maybe just a rough like rectangle of like, okay, here's like the rectangle where the apartments would be. Here's like the border of where the parking lot would be. Here would be like the entrance. Here would be the other entrance. And also I think one thing that could be interesting is so many people had uh, different pictures from different vantage points. So I think it'd be cool to have, for example, like markers where each person had their pictures from. So for example, um, a lot of people had pictures from this uh, T intersection nearby called uh, at Fargo Way and East Matoma Street. And, you know, one of their contentions was that, okay, you know, this, uh, this, the Fargo Street is, or Fargo Way is not wide enough. And so the increased traffic is going to be kind of deleterious to the quality of life of the residents nearby, not, not just the new residents, but the existing residents. And so, excuse me, I think it could be quite interesting to have, for example, like little yeah, waypoints or markers where people could kind of hover over it or click on it and then essentially see what was in the packet. So be like, okay, you know, now that now I'm a citizen, I'm like looking at this and I'm like, okay, you know what, this, uh, you know, that this apartment complex is, that's not, doesn't seem too big. Um, but, you know, l- let me make a decision for myself, like whether this is, this road is wide enough or not, because you don't want to just take other people's word for it. You just want to have enough context to kind of make your own decision. So that's, that's like a very concrete example of where I think a map would be particularly useful, much more so than any sort of like anecdotes or, um, you know, sort of like diagrams and things like that, because I think all the 2D stuff kind of misses the bigger picture. That actually gives me 
two more comments to build off of. Um, I totally see the vision of that. And I think that's the example that I came to mind for me as well when you were talking about that. Um, relatedly, I think the historic district comes a lot um, up in conversation for the city council. So just even doing a map of like, oh, here's the boundaries of the historic district so people get a better sense. Because it's more than just, you know, Sutter Street. That's yeah. what everyone really thinks of when they hear historic district. Mm -hmm. So getting a more firm sense of like, oh, well, who is a resident in the historic district versus not, um, that would be super helpful. And I would imagine pretty easy to implement. Um, additionally, the other thing I was thinking of was, um, I don't know that this seems like a far off in the future kind of thing because it would require a lot of data. But um, if we had access to the data, do you think it'd be possible to implement the, um, not like a real time traffic, but like, a sense of like where the traffic is located in Folsom, like mm. to get a sense maybe of where congestion is typically. I see what you're saying. I, I, it's totally possible. I would say that I think Apple and Google already do a way better job at this. So I would mm. probably just defer to that. I actually don't know if it's a feature everywhere, but I know, for example, um, in a lot of bigger cities, or even, I don't know, even like some smaller cities, uh, Google will have, uh, kind of like a, a dashed line outlining mm -hmm. like where certain areas are busy and it'll sort of like transform throughout the day. So it'll mm -hmm. be this kind of like amorphous shape and it'll be like, okay, you know, this street and kind of like branching out or something is like busy uh, starting at 4 p.m. or, you know, like by the time you would arrive. So mm -hmm. I, I don't know the extent to which that would be helpful. Also, I think we would need like an insane amount of data yeah. um, and people would need to be using Apple Maps or Google, or people would need to be using Folsom Maps uh, like quite regularly, you know, either to get the location data from each of the phones yeah. or somehow we would need to get that information from all the cameras and things like that uh, around. Well, Florida. remember the the special workshop, the traffic workshop mm -hmm. last week, they, they had some data on specific roads. Like, do you yeah. think that's a potential partner? I, I think that could be. I think the traffic safety committee, I think. Yeah, I, I imagine what that was is much more similar to, for example, like the point in time counts that we saw for the mm. uh, homeless initiative, where they probably have sampled, you know, various times of day during various seasons and maybe just sort of like averaged out that data. Mm -hmm. um, it is quite doable to make a computer vision system that like counts cars that go across a highway. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think the challenging part of that is, uh, you know, does the city of Folsom trust just two mm -hmm. random kids to, you know, run a computer. I mean, we're, we're, we're adults. adults. That's true. That's true. I mean, <laughs> like, that being said, I think the the great, or in my opinion, what I think would be a good counter argument to that is, hey, there are young people who are going out of their way to try to help the city for free. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, set up some good guardrails so that, like, they don't steal anyone's data or something like that, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, other than that, it's like, what is the actual harm in letting someone try something that at worst has no impact on your city? Yeah. You know, like, like assuming the, the guardrails like work as intended and you're limiting the access to very few people, like, you know, I can't just like go and like download all the videos to my computer and then like show them to people and be like, Hey, look, like so-and-so was here at this date. Um, mm -hmm. So I think as long as those like privacy concerns are taken into account. Um, yeah. I, I don't really see why it would be, I don't know, harmful to the city, especially mm. since we've heard so much rhetoric about, um, you know, we need to bring, uh, I don't know, shopping and, you know, like we need to bring yeah. sales tax revenue back to the city. I mean, th this could be one of the indirect ways where you could say like, hey, look, there's some people claiming that, uh, you know, 
that this is going to result in increased tax revenue, but we have the car data or something to show that this is actually just not happening. That was the Zardico data, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think I think that that's mm -hmm. like sort of the intent of Zardico, and and they're more so I think working from, uh, I think they're almost working from a bottom up approach, whereas I think mm -hmm. we, uh, what you suggested would be closer to like a top down approach. We're we're trying to see like, okay, what is the influx into an area, uh, whereas I think they're trying to see like, okay, what are the what is the actual dollar transactions that are happening? Um, okay, but I, yeah, I think actually synthesizing the the two forms of data would be like the best. Like if you could show that like, okay, this car, you know, uh, this distribution of cars came into this area, we see a net set of transactions that look like this, then, you know, you can kind of measure things in terms of flows rather than any one mm -hmm. specific person. Okay, cool. Any other thoughts on, uh, on Folsom Maps as it is or how you want to improve it in the future? Um, yeah, I, I guess one, one thing I'll say is uh, basically what I imagine. So for the... Uh, video watchers, I will uh, kind of point to things on the screen. Uh, for the audio, I'll, I'll kind of describe like where on the screen it would be. So hopefully give you like a, a better sense of the UI. But as always, you know, eventually you can just go to fulsomaps.com and, you know, just like like look at any changes there. I, I think I won't typically have like a test website or anything like that. I'll probably just like push directly to um, the main website because it's really just like me working on it. I might change that in the future, um, but yeah. So the idea is, uh, so currently the map takes up like the full screen as, as it should. Um, and what I actually want to have on the top left of the screen is to essentially have a set of toggles and each toggle will essentially um, bring up a different map kind of view. So, or actually I'm, I'm sort of debating between toggles and maybe like a drop down menu or something. So I might have like a little hamburger menu, a hamburger menu for those that are not familiar is like, um, whenever you see like kind of three horizontal lines uh, on like an mm -hmm. app or something like that, and you, you sort of tap it and then there's like a kind of list of things that you know, either pops down or maybe pops out of the side or something like that. Um, Here I was uh, thinking we were going to list fast food chains and I was like, okay, that's an idea. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? Yeah, we, we can do that. We can rank uh, the Taco Bells and Folsom. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, yeah, maybe some sort of like drop down menu and then you can kind of click through and say, you know, for example, I want to look at the um, the school district maps. I want to look at, you know, the election district maps. Uh, I want to look at uh, maybe neighborhoods in Folsom. So, you, you know, you mentioned earlier, like, you know, Briggs Ranch versus Empire Ranch, uh, Lexington Hills, Willow Springs, like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, or we could have, for example, like bike trails, things like that. You know, that, that could be highlighted in and of itself. Um, so essentially, that, that's the way I'm imagining uh, augmenting this. It's essentially having this be the default and then users can kind of toggle between or yeah basically toggle which which specific map that they want to look at based on what information they have in the future it might be a bit more dynamic than that you know maybe you want to see two things kind of overlaid together you want to see like the election districts and all the bike trails or something like that so in theory we could have you know sort of any any combination of things um and i might actually just implement that first because that might just be easier in some ways um but uh, yeah, that, that's sort of my immediate plan for the future. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much, Dervish, for walking us through all this. And I'm personally really excited to see this evolve. Yeah, me, yeah, me too. I uh, I don't know. I, I like maps. And like every time I go to city council meeting, I am sort of realizing that, yeah, like a lot of the stuff would just be very useful if I could just go on my phone and as they're speaking about stuff, you know, I could be like, oh, okay, cool. Like I know where that is. 
Because I think half the time, sometimes when they like start talking, I'll be like, I I don't know like what they're actually referring to. Yeah. And it's it's it feels a bit awkward because like you know clearly each each side is so passionate about their point of view and they're like clearly mm-hmm. trying to articulate something and you know me as like a layperson is just being like dude I, I I don't like I've lived here my whole life and like I've no idea this like road that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know, that, that's kind of my uh, immediate plans and kind of hopes for the future. All right. Well, that sounds like that wraps up the episode today. So uh, thank you all for bearing with us and uh, I hope to see you all soon. Yeah. Yeah. Take care, guys.